Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's a bit of a downbeat one again. In the podcast house here, I've been joined by Jacob Self-Klein. How are you doing, Jacob? Hello. Good morning. No, it's the afternoon now. I'm all right. Um, time's, time just becomes this like liminal cloud thing after a Reading loss. You don't really know what day of the week it is or time of day it is, but it's, um, yeah, it's business as usual, isn't it? It's rubbish, lads. It's absolutely rubbish. And I've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Good morning. And afternoon. No, I'd got it wrong as well. I don't know. We're, we're, we're all getting it wrong. And like last week I called Alex Paul. At least I get to call you Paul today. So here we go. Yeah, thanks. I'm amazed you didn't call me Alex. And I'm going to just say good evening. Cause just like do the whole spectrum of time possible. So yeah, we're going to talk about now about a one nil defeat against Mill yesterday at the select car leasing stadium. I still can't, I still don't like that at all, but Jake Cooper obviously coming back and scoring the only goal. The man is an absolute mountain at corners. Didn't really have a shot. Wasn't a hell of a lot to talk about, but we're going to try that, Jacob. What was your mood going into the match? Because we had one change with Tom Holmes yeah. coming into the team and uh, TDB going out. I think in in the blissful week build-up um, leading up to it, where we sort of had a chance to half forget about that awful loss to Blackpool, um, the, the, the noises coming out of the club were that, right, well, this is going to be the first game where Ince has managed to have him on the training ground and, you know, it magically improve them and turn us into, into promotion favourites. But uh, that didn't happen. But um, I was I was still thinking, well, it'd be interesting to see if anything's changed, you know, since... Because um, obviously we, we had a bit, little bit of an uptick in form, which might not have been down to, to Ince, given that he didn't have a chance to work on them. And then... We got a pasting, so we thought, right, okay, what's this going to be? Is it going to be? Is it going to be another pasting? Are there going to be signs of improvement? Um, and we didn't get pasted, but we didn't seem to be very improved. Um, Team-wise, I was pleased to see Rinham Hotter back in midfield, um, and um, the team sheet at least looked a little bit more promising going into the game. A bit more of a balance. Um, bit more of a straightforward 43-1 with players in their actual positions, even though I still don't think Tom McIntyre is necessarily a left-back, but that's an, another story. So, yeah, coming into the match, I thought, come on, lads, impress me. 
Uh, I don't just mean the players. I mean Paul Ince too. Like, like try and justify why you've been brought in. Let's see, you know, what you've got to to add. And um, and I just came away feeling, you know, more of the same. Really, just thoroughly dejected, thinking if we're not going to win these games or at least really show up in these games, when are we going to do it? Because you know the games are running out and we're still slipping towards the trapdoor. So. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, now we're only five points away from the relegation zone after yesterday's results with Derby beating uh, Barnsley, by the sounds of it, quite comfortably. But talking about his point there that he made there, Jacob, about kind of like us looking okay and maybe kind of a little bit more organised, hopefully at some point. Do you think that was the case, Matt? Or do you think Millwall just completely stepped off the gas in the second half? Not that they were ever really on the gas fully, but it kind of didn't really need to do much, did they? No, and we've said this so many times this season as part of the frustrations that we've got at the moment. You know, teams are not even having to play well. You know, teams are actually looking pretty poor when they're playing us and yet they're still comfortably beating us. And that's one of the things about yesterday. You know, we've had a whole week on the training pitch quite frankly we we were looking almost worse than ever yesterday which does start to ring alarm bells you know when when when, when you know th- th- this should be the time like like jacob said that you know we we should be coming into these games with a bit of impetus bit of a bit of a change bit of bit, bit of momentum obviously paul's finally got time to get his ideas across and yet like i say they just seem completely devoid of any ideas and worse than ever at set plays as we'll come on to yeah. Oh God, yeah. Now that's the twentieth goal we've conceded from a set piece. We, I, I gotta say, I'm. If we're gonna be good at something, it might as well do it properly. You know, mm-hmm. let's just completely shit house ourselves, and can be miles and miles the worst defensively at set pieces. I mean, twenty, Jacob, that is insane, isn't it? To concede. It's it's, it's shocking, but I think the the most shocking thing about it is that we identified it as a problem really early doors in the season. Really, really, like soon after the season started, we could tell. Hang on a minute, we're not looking the same defensively. We're being uh, beating a little easily from corners. I mean, I, I know people were harping on about zonal marking under the previous management under Pavlovic. Um, it doesn't, for me, it's not necessarily a systemic thing. It's just a, I don't know. I don't know whether it's like players not switching on, which in itself would be a bit inexcusable. But I mean. Say what you like about Jake Cooper being, you know, six foot nine, seven foot eleven. Um, there was a picture that I think Jonathan Lowe from the Reading Post, Get Reading, Birch Live, whatever it's called nowadays, um, about with so Cooper had three men on him for, for his goal. It was Yeardham that went up with him. I think it might have been Holmes, someone else. And you know, I know he's big, but if you got three men on on him and, and he's and Cooper still manages to get the, the best contact and, and you know puts it away. There is a real inevitability about corners at the moment. They're almost like penalties for the opposition. And we say it every week and nothing seems to change. And I think that's the most infuriating thing is that you know it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to identify that as a problem. And it'd be such a like a useful fix if we were just a little better from set pieces. But you know multiple managers now and, and multiple backlines, injuries aside, have just not been able to to get it. And we're suffering for it. Yeah, horrendously. And I think Bill only had three corners yesterday. 
So they really didn't take that many opportunities to get the odd chance. And just looking at that photo that I think Jonathan Lowe put up, it did remind me in a horrible way of the Sonko one. Yeah, right. It's funny yeah. you should tell me that. Right. Um, because I've got, hang on, courtesy of, um, this is a bit of visual media, courtesy of um, Jack Wynn Stanley, former Radio Burks, here is Ibrahim Sonko rising like a salmon against, um, against Manchester United. You know, nice, you know. nice. That's working so well for the audio listeners. Oh, completely. I think Jake Cooper had shades of um, Superman Sonko about him yesterday. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, no, he's a, a very good defender. I mean, brilliant at those set pieces. Uh, we know that. We saw that when he was at Redden. So it wasn't a total surprise. And will he continue to score again against other teams? Yeah, he will. It's not just going to be us. But if we go back right to the beginning of the match, it was a sloppy start straight away between Morrison and Yadam, giving Millwall an opportunity for a couple of free kicks right on the edge of your box, which you don't want to do with Jed Wallace, Matt, because that is not the ideal scenario. Yeah, and I, I said it I said it to um, the guys that I was with in Club 1871 just right at the start, because it's just like you, you, you're playing against someone with Jed Wallace, who's their set piece taker, and you've given them two free kicks within three minutes, you know, yeah. right on the edge of your box. It's just the ineptitude of like doing that 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 like that's got to have been like just rule rule one from like the start of the game with, with Millwall with the aerial threats they've got don't give any any sloppy early corners away and don't give away any stupid free kicks on the edge of your box because you're just then inviting something to happen and like in fairness both free kicks were pretty poor in the end so we were lucky in that sense but you know it's 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 just the footballing intelligence seemingly of this team, and mm. like like Jacob said, we, we've seen it time and time again, and it's 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 like it with corners with the marking and you know the ineptitude that our players seem to show that like like the game knowledge you you, you can almost put it into any scenario that Reading have played this year, you know wh- whether it's seeing out games, time management at the end of the game, you know yeah. th- th- there's just nothing within the team that seems to be clever. You know, there's 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 no brain in this team seemingly, and it, like you say, it's just shown again in another sense right at the start of the game. What's worrying is is that's two of the most experienced players on the pitch, if not the two most experienced, and you kind of might get that from Tom McIntyre because obviously he's playing out position. Uh, I would say Jacob at the moment, he wouldn't naturally be a left back, would he? No. No, um, he's um, it's funny. I mean, I know he's been deployed at left back several times, and as you know, time and again, done an all right job. He's not a left back, he's not. And I think, um, having a, a lot of people having not really made their mind up on um, Baba Rahman throughout the season, like it, it's it's really clear to me now that we really are missing him. Um, because you know, I know he's a natural left back, and I know as well. It's not the first time he's been out of the team with him and Yudham going to the African Cup of Nations in January. But th- now more than ever, we really do kind of need a, a natural left back there. And I know we've been scuppered by by injury, by our financial situation, and not really having a, a decent academy left back. I, I know I know Bristow's, you know, in and out of, of, of the squad, but but he's kind of the best we can do with him. I know it's not ideal. Um he would probably be my starting centre-back over Holmes, but we can't afford, you know, to, to play him at centre-back at the moment. So it's um it's a really tough one. I mean, I think my takeaway is going back to what you two were saying about, you know, decision-making and experience and whatever, and not having any footballing brains. It's that's, That extends to off the pitch too. 
you know, there, there doesn't seem to be any brilliant decision making from the management team and also from from the owners and and you know who are advising them. There just doesn't seem to be any joined up thinking, which extends right from the top to the bottom of the food chain. And it's just baffling how um we'll come on to talk about the substitutions, I'm sure, but you know, when when we have the ability to make a change, either in terms of substitutions or management or anything, there just seems to be this real like reticence and reluctance to do it. And when we do, it's way too late. So um yeah, that that that's my main takeaway. It's just it's just how disjointed it all is, how disjointed it all feels and no real urgency. You know, you know, people can say, oh well, X player isn't trying, Y player isn't trying, uh, you know, Z player isn't good enough. But it's it's the it's the it's the lack of you know they they just haven't gelled and haven't done it for anyone so yeah no we're just consistent consistently I can say it I can get it out <laughs> is just individual brilliance aren't we that's what we're waiting for is for Lucas Jow John Swift sometimes it will be Ajaria just sometimes you know there's a multitude of players in that midfield mm. who can sometimes do something but. If you're relying on that, you, you're not going to do very well. You, you need to have a whole team set up. And I'm talking about um, Roman, Baba Roman there. It's kind of defensively, he hasn't always been the best, but we really suffer with him attacking wise, not being in the team because mm. Tom McIntyre's giving everything there. I don't think he did anything particularly wrong yesterday. I thought he was fine, but it really unbalances a team because everything has to go down our right hand side, uh, Matt, doesn't it? And Teams will know that. They're not stupid. They work out very quickly. They, they see thousands of videos of us. Of course. And, and you know, they're going to exploit, you know, McIntyre at left back, which they, they, they did it quite a bit yesterday. You know, a lot went down their right hand side at our left, you know, and it was it was it was like that when 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 they eventually got the shot away, I think, from McNamara, their wing back to win the corner. Yes, it was a stray pass from drink water out to the side of the pitch. But, you know, everything they were, or most of the stuff they were exploiting was was down their right-hand side. And when you've got weaknesses, almost seemingly constant weaknesses in, in your team like that, like say teams will know, teams will exploit it. You know, they'll have the tape. <laughs> Other teams seemingly have brains in their team that can do that, you know, that we seem so devoid of. Um, but, but, yeah, you know, like... Like I say, I, I'm not coming in for McIntyre because I don't think he had a, a an overly poor game yesterday. I thought he was relatively good and the difference on the whole looked relatively okay for the most part of the game yesterday as well, I think. But I think a lot of that was down to Millwall just not needing to do anything because we weren't doing anything. You know, it was very much like trading blow for blow after they went 1-0 up and, you know, that there was no real blows being given so it was it was yeah it, it 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 just petered out and but yeah yeah it's like kind of tyson fury beating someone with one arm behind his back isn't it it's kind of like oh there we go i'll do it I, if i need to i continue to punch you but i don't really need to and it's it's, it's funny sorry to, to to jump in because again paul Ince when he came in one of the things he was really trying to emphasize was well we've got the attacking talent up front and and we you know the the attack's not a problem, but I would say that yesterday it probably was a problem. Do you know what I mean? It's, it goes back to what you were saying, Paul. About you know, yes, we are a team of individually so-called brilliant players who can change a game in a moment. But when they don't do it, and because they are inconsistent enough not to do it every week, um, we really 
struggle. And that's why, again, they were, the later and later it got in the game, you were just crying out for something up top to change. And, you know, it doesn't matter how tidy you are at the back, and often we're not. You know, you need a cutting edge, and we didn't have one. It was like a blunt force object. So, well, it was it was almost like yesterday. It was almost like because Millwall, I don't really know how they've done it this year, but um, Matt Williamson touched on it in the in the preview podcast with 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 the Millwall pod that he um, uh, spoke with. Millwall have almost turned into a possession football team, and like in a like 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 a a good football team, <laughs> you know, yeah. to um, somehow over the last year. And we we, we, we we almost we seemed to set up on the counter attack against them, but there was no pace in that counter attack, you know. Yeah. And it's the thing with 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 a Reading team over the last year, you've not really even been able to identify what kind of football we're trying to play. And even though you kind of tried to identify it yesterday, because like I said, it kind of seemed like we were playing or trying to play counter attacking football. And yet there was just no counter-attacking. There was no pace. There was no nothing really to even show that, yeah, that was what we were trying to play. You know, and it's, it's, it's like I say, it's, it's been a systemic almost problem within the team for quite some time. Just no identity, no real plan. Yeah. And like we've said, it's whether that stems right from the top, you know, it's something needs to happen within this team because there's, there's just nothing, no planning, no style, no nothing. Oh, I think you're on mute, Paul. <laughs> You've Actually, muted yourself, Paul. Yeah, that's my, um, unless we've like gone through some time warp. You're um, you're on mute, Paul. If only, oh dear, that actually <laughs> fell by me. I said, I tell you what, I said some massive stuff there. You would oh, not believe it. <laughs> change the punditry game in those ten seconds. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was that if you just look at the goal that we conceded, that was classic Reading, wasn't it? We have a corner. It's a poor corner. This happens. We get counter-attacked. Overloaded. Rinomoto puts in a brilliant tackle. Then Drinkwater gives the ball away. Southwood, pretty good save. I've got to say to uh, keep that one out. Then we concede. Um, we've basically gone from one end of the pitch to the other in probably less than a minute from a good attacking position to an absolutely dire position by conceding the first goal. None of us thought that we were really going to come back from that, Jacob, did we? We all hoped, but we never had any confidence. No, whenever we concede the first goal, there's always... I mean, our track record speaks for itself whenever we concede first, really. Um, and, um, you know, just same old stories. An ex-Reading player, ex-Academy product, um, you know, who I think was a bit unfairly discarded under, under Yarp Stam, but I think... Back then, it was more a case of Cooper not necessarily fitting the mould of like a ball playing centre back that Stam clearly wanted. But God, what we could do for a Jake Cooper now in this defence, you know, I think he's he's Millwall captain, isn't he as well? So I mean, yeah. clearly, you know, a bit of a leader as well, something which we don't have many of. And and yeah, but just the minute the, the minute it, it um, I, I saw. Him wheeling away in celebration, I thought, yeah, okay, brilliant. X Royal, from a corner, one nil down. We know how this is going to end. And, you know, this sort of sad inevitability about it. And, um, and yeah, I, I think as well, there was this weird controversy over how we celebrated, which was a bit of a nothing story. Apparently, um, everyone thought he was um, giving it the big one to the family stand in the Eamon Dolan. <laughs> but um, apparently, he was just like pointing up at the, you know, pictures of. Of, of the man he 
you know brought him and so many others through kind of made him the player he is so you know i don't think there was necessarily anything in that but but yeah i don't know it's the same old same old as far as us going behind is concerned yeah we did have an opportunity pretty soon after his though matt didn't we with uh over over jarrett lucas jow coming in making a movement and linking up with john swift on the edge of the Millwall box and john swift it is an opportunity it's one you'd expect him to get a better shot away really I've just remembered the chance. I was trying to. I was trying to really remember the chance there. I was thinking, what? what when, when was this? Did I miss it? No, it was it the one where he absolutely it skied it over, yeah. wasn't it? From, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when 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 John Swift's in that position, he, he he's he's able to angle it onto his right foot as well. It, it you can almost see it nestling in the far corner, um, not the far corner of the Millwall stand, which it ended up doing. Um, yeah, you know, like it's it's a thing as well. Like like we said about Reading going behind. I think we've only gained. I think it's like seven points from yeah. losing positions this year in three games. You know, when when we go behind in games, there's just nothing that brings us back into games. But uh, I mean, that chance from from Swift, like you say, it was. You just expect him to do better with that at least challenge the keeper you know but it, it I, I don't know whether or not it bobbled or what but i know i'm trying to make excuses from here at this point but <laughs> yeah I it's it, i think it's just a bad shot these things it's just though, dreadful <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i'm definitely not going to call out john swift if it wasn't for john swift this season would be absolutely oh, yeah. screwed jacob Cut away. we'd be down <laughs> I mean, it, by now. It, it was even in like happier moments when we were three up against preston I thought to myself, my God, we're going to miss him next season, whatever division we're in. Because at, um, least, you know, at least that thought would have been very short because it was only about 15 seconds we were 3 0 up against. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're spot on. But it's, but it's, it's the same old thing. Even in previous seasons, when Swift hasn't really come into his own as he has this season with the, just the sheer number of goals and assists, I mean, no other player in England is certainly English player has, has contributed as much as he has this season. Even in previous seasons, when Swift didn't turn up for us, the whole team didn't really turn up. And again, it's, you know, we we have been really relying on him this year just for goal contributions alone. But performance-wise as well, when, when Swift has a slight off game, um, the whole performance level of the, of the 11 just drops. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's that revolving doors moment because even if I think if if Swift had put away that chance, I still don't necessarily think we would come away with anything. But um, no. but you never know. You never know. You never know. I mean, we we'll probably would have completely changed the second half plan, how they would have gone about it. But it was John Swift. He set up our best chance of the game, I'd say, early on in the second half for Lucas Jow there, Jacob and. It's a chance that maybe you score, but yeah, again, it's not an absolute sitter, is it? No, and um, I don't know. It's, it, I mean, Zhao, I'm not going to knock Zhao because he's been brilliant ever since he's come back from injury. I think he's one of the very few players who've actually got signed on the dotted line for next season, isn't he? But then you yeah. don't know whether we're going to cash in um, and try and fill the the FFP black hole. I, honestly, um, it. <sighs> Were it not for for Zhao, you know, missing, I would have thought, oh, okay, he's 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 had an all right game again. But again, like he's part of that unit up top that had been set to up to counter attack that didn't really play to his strengths. So, so I don't know. Just it's another chance missed. I know that, but you know, prior to this game, he was actually in 
in quite deadly form. So, you know. Yeah. Before that, he had five and five. So I don't think um, uh, I don't think anyone's going to start criticising his record. Is nearly one in two since he signed for Reading. So that's pretty impressive. But I think we need to come on to the substitutes because not really much oh, happened yeah. after that for Reading at all. Okay, so now we have got Ovi Ajaria and Yaku Mate on the bench here, Matt. Now we are one nil down. We are facing a huge relegation battle here. Do you A not bring on someone who scored 37 goals in the last three years in the championship? Or do you B just I don't even I I just can't even deal with how this didn't happen. How did they not bring them on much earlier? I mean, these least do, one of them. I understand maybe you don't go to Kamikaze. but Do I get a prize if I get the right answer here? Because the, the anticipation is <laughs> killing me. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's... it's uh, You're watching it. And it's one thing, you know, we castrated Paunovic for. His substitutions at times were just abysmal always waiting until the 75th 76th or later minute to make a substitution Paul Lintz has come in and it's almost like it's Paunovic in just disguise with the substitutions I mean to be fair people were lambasting Ince um Tom Ince that it was for not coming off you know but in fairness in the second half both Hoyle and Ince were probably as bad as each other they were both just nowhere in the game they were so ineffective but at that point, surely, you know, after 60, 65 minutes, like you say, you're 1-0 down, you're at home, you're playing against Millwall. Yes, they've won four, four on the bounce coming into this. But, like, you're only 1-0 down and you've got the players like we had on the bench and they're there to change a game. You know, does does a Reading manager not realise you can use a bench to change a game? Maybe that's part of the reason why, you know, we never come back from losing position seemingly because whether it's, tactical setup you know change changes in in games like having a plan b and stuff or substitutions we just seem completely devoid of doing you know and it's 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 a real problem because like say you've got someone as good as yaku mate over jaria you even had baker was on the bench as well so you know you could have even potentially used him if you wanted to i don't know i've never seen him play but like you know you had options there to to change the game like i said the wings were a real problem in that second half because it just wasn't happening for either player at that point surely you've just got to make a double substitution you know you could have even made it 55 minutes you know because it was so evident from again there was a little spurt at the start of the game where it seemingly looked hopeful for about a minute but then it just very quickly quietened down the wings were just the wingers were just nowhere to be seen and it just stayed like that really until the end of the game because Yaku comes on at 85 minutes he's got no real chance then to change the game Ovi's come on at 79 minutes and like come on you know you're waiting until nearly 80 minutes to make a sub like it was one thing I said yesterday as well when, when, when I was watching the game why is it in every single game no matter we're winning losing we could be 10 nil down and we are still the second team to make a substitution we are never making changes on the front foot. We're That's never right. trying to actively change things. And it's so infuriating to watch. It's like it's genuinely getting just so frustrating watching it week on week on week unfurl in the exact same fashion. What was more frustrating, Jacob? The lack of substitutions or Michael Jilk saying that <laughs> if if we had scored, no one would have mentioned it. 
Yeah, but um, Which, I mean, I love Gilmore. He's an absolute legend, but that to me, yeah, I mean, didn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know what it is about, you know, the management at the at the club just always have this real knack of coming out with a quote which just makes you want to like cringe yourself into some like origami like shape. <laughs> it's horrible. Like the. You know, saying, oh, well, if it had worked, you wouldn't be criticising me. Well, it's like, well, it didn't. So we are going to criticise you. And, and you know, that was, you know, I know we're having a go at Jilts for coming out with, with the with the quote, but Ince was the one that, you know, <laughs> made the decision, but then he didn't want to come out and front up, you know, to the, to the press afterwards. So, which again adds to like this febrile political situation where, you know, we've said about his his seeming reticence to substitute in his son in Tom until it's too late, and and you know to 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 not do that and then to not front up to the questions after the games already you know putting you on a bit of an uncertain footing with the fans at a time when you really need to you know be making an, an impression. But I think back back to the substitution problem or lack of subs. The most frustrating thing for me is the fact that earlier in the season, we didn't have the tools on the bench to make a change. We were often fielding like six or seven academy products on the bench, and you know, maybe one or two seniors, one of whom would be Raphael or, you know, someone who wasn't, you can't really like lump Raphael, Raphael up, even though I'd love to see it. Um, and he's not here anymore, so we definitely mm-hmm. can't. But um, I think now we have the tools on the bench. You know, Mesa should be starting for me, but if you're not going to start him, give him half an hour, you know, or put him on for the second half. Don't bring him on with with five minutes to go and then to save face, like, lob Scott Dan on with, like, 10 seconds on the clock. That was just completely bizarre. Like, why? Are you, that was like, one of the most baffling ones because what, like, like, like at that point, you are just wasting time by bringing on Scott Dan. You're losing. It's like time wasting when you're 1 0 mm. down. Oh, totally weird. I mean, the it's it's not a problem that's new to Ince, but it's a problem that we thought Ince would solve, <laughs> and it's not. It's well, just not, not as bad as... at as mm. bad as Palovic, you know. know like you say, it, but it adds to the. It just adds further fuel to the question of like, if this is what it was going to be like, why make the as someone that was calling for Palovic to go, because it was clear that we needed a change, and the easiest thing to change you know, barring sacking all the players, which is what's happening in the summer anyway, is um, is bringing in, you know, a new a new manager just to get some new ideas across. But instead, we've, we've made the change now too late and we haven't really given him the time to make a change. And in, in, in addition to that, he doesn't seem capable of making a change. So again, it's just a missed opportunity. Because if we brought in, I know, you know, the likes of a Neil Warnock or someone with an actual reputation probably wouldn't have touched us with a barge pole, given how much of a basket case we are. Even then, you're not telling me, you know, we Paul Lintz was the best we could do, especially with all this weirdness with his son being here too. Somebody surely had to come in to organise us and he doesn't really look like he's capable of doing it. I know it's early days, but, and I don't want him to fail. Lord knows I don't want him to fail. I want us to be in the championship next season. But I'm just struggling to see what he's bringing to the table. Yeah, I, I totally agree on all of that. It, it's hard to kind of... I mean, we're going to have to wait, aren't we? That's the thing. We're going to have to have another two or three games. I 
we see people seeing the other day interim and all these things but none of us really believe that do they i mean the situation is paul Ince is going to have the job until the end of the season at least unless we lose the next three or four games and if that's the case matt that would be catastrophic and you'd feel we'd probably be back in the relegation zone problem is we probably are going to lose the next three or four games because you look at you look at the run of games we've got you know and we've got forest away this weekend coming you know who are just a team rejuvenated under steve cooper this year the benefit of making an early change there because they were yeah. forest were rock bottom they were, they were doing really poorly but they they have the wherewithal to make a change early and to bring in the right man which is two things we didn't do so Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and since, since then, like I say, because weren't they about six, seven points adrift at one point, you know, and that was after about 10 games, you know, at the bottom, you know, and they've made that change and now they're, you know, looking upwards, fighting for playoffs. But, you know, you've got them away coming weekend, this coming weekend. Then you've got Bournemouth away in, in the week, um, in midweek after. And then you've got Blackburn at home, you know, and it's like you, you look at those games and you think, you know, you're playing third, fourth, and ninth as we stand, two of which are away from home. Mm. What points are we going to get from that realistically? You know, I know the championship throws up weird and wonderful results, but sadly not for Reading, seemingly, actually, apart from Fulham away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh but a better time that was. <laughs> um, but, like, but yeah, you, you, you know, so when you're saying about, you know, God help us if we don't get anything from the next three or four games. Are we actually like you know you're looking at it and you're thinking it's that's a bloody tough run of games you know Paul Lintz he's got a he's gonna have to show what he's about it's very much a sink or swim kind of moment for him really the whole time you've got Derby and Barnsley breathing down your necks and um, Derby I know they were in a bit of a rough patch of, of of form but they you know won at the weekend it just adds the pressure onto us and you're just thinking a straight shootout whether we're gonna have enough. And um, I think very briefly going back to the whole making a change thing, um, the thing that confuses me is because I know these owners are prone to doing weird things. They've not had a problem with binning off a manager early before. Mm. I mean, I, I, I understand. I know things were really dire and so on. We'd only like one, maybe one of 17 at the point that he was giving his marching orders. But they still made it relatively early in the season, that change. It, we, you know, we were talking like December as opposed to, you know, two months into the new year. So why they decided to stick, you know, w with things as they were for so long, I think is really going to cost us. And especially with what Matt says about the, the fixture list we've, we've got and... The tough games coming up, you know, it's really all stacked against us now, and um, you just don't know where the where the next win's going to come from. Really, you're just kind of praying for a fluke result. Yeah, you are. I would normally at this point ask for a prediction for the game that's coming up, but I'm not going to do that because I think it's going to bring us all down. <laughs> I'd be amazed if any of us predicted anything but a defeat. So, thanks a lot for joining us. If you've been listening to this and if you've enjoyed it subscribe on your platforms, whatever that may be. So cheers. Thanks for listening.